Looking to reduce your energy bills? Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers with a wide range of renewable energy products including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation available until 30th September 2023. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Well, a blow for Celtic. We've heard from Brendan Rodgers this afternoon. Leila Bada is out for up to five months. We're going to hear more from the Celtic manager. We'll hear from Nat Phillips and we'll hear from two Scotsmen and a Welshman. John Hartson is with us and Leanne Crichton. Between them, 70-odd caps, 51 for John. In fact, 120 caps. I should have done this earlier. John, 51 caps for Wales. Leanne, 72 for Scotland. Not a bad week for Scotland. The main thing, you know, 15 points out of 15. Yeah, no, it's outstanding. Friday night was the big one. Um, they were desperate to get that three points against Cyprus. We knew it wouldn't be easy. I think I spoke to you on the Thursday night, Paul. I thought it would go over the line, but it would have been sticky, to say the least. But they were so, so convincing in that opening 45 minutes. Excellent stuff. In the match against England, we knew it was going to be a showcase, a spectacle. It was about the 150th anniversary. I don't think Scotland hit the heights that we've seen them hit, but credit to England. I thought they were outstanding. I don't think you can take that away from them. And John Hartson, everyone yesterday talking about Jude Bellingham. Are we seeing a future great in football? Oh, he was class, wasn't he? Yeah. But I, I don't think we really had to see him because what he was doing um, last season, obviously moved to Real Madrid. He's just showing what a class act he is. Um, so yeah, he can get up and down the pitch. He, you know, he can score a goal. He can make a goal, and uh, wonderful player, really, really top class. So Scotland looking good, but we're not there yet. And one of the stories today is that young Ben Doak, 17 years old, could be called up, Leanne, for the squad for the Seville game. Yeah, there's been mention about that, and I'm not surprised. I think Liverpool have also changed their their European squad to accommodate him within that. He's been excellent. I've followed his journey since he's moved from Celtic. He's certainly lit up Liverpool. So many people are speaking about him. If anybody's not seen the highlights of him against Spain, under 21s, I think that would have been um, midweek. Outstanding. Uh, it's a big name, but he looks like a, a young Scottish Wayne Rooney. Um, the manner in which he plays, the way he gets about, the tenacity, the pace that he's got. He's so brave and I think he would be a brilliant addition to Steve Clark's squad. He could well be fast-tracked. That's the news today, John. Mark Guidi hinted at it last night and of course he could be up against the Barcelona, the Spanish super kid, Lamine Yamal. They're saying he could be, well, a new international superstar. Yeah, well, it's great for Ben Dork, I think, to be around the, the national team at the minute. They know they're on such a high 15 points out of 15, irrespective of the game the other night. Yes, he want to do well. Of course, when he came up against England, but I thought England were, they played very well on the night after a, after a poor performance against the Ukraine. So they had something to play for. Um, ben Doak, whether or not, he, I, I can't see him starting against Spain. I think Steve Clark will have his team, um, you know, all, already know his team to start away in Spain. But it's great for Ben to be around the group. Um, maybe he'll get on, you know, and, and get and get a cap. But as I said, um, I, I think uh, the fact that he's being called up 
is a big, big shot in the arm, in the arm for him. And obviously mm. Liverpool now, because they're the team that are working with him. So it's back to domestic stuff this weekend. Uh, Leanne, you love your international football, but I think we all love the domestic game as well. Oh, we do, we miss yeah. it. Um, it always feels, I think the weeks feel longer when you don't have the domestic fixtures. Maybe that's just because you don't get to dissect them for the seven days that follow. Um, the drama... Looking forward to it in the championship. It is back tomorrow night. Um, one of the live matches, which I've not covered one of them for a while. So Who is it tomorrow night? It's Air United against Partick Thistle, which should be a good game um, as well. Air United probably haven't started as well as the season as they would have liked. Partick Thistle, I think, are going to be there and thereabouts again this season, which is impressive considering how much their squad was dismantled. But really looking forward to Saturday. Full fixture cards as well. We've got the early kick-off and then five games in the afternoon brilliant and either of you has any of your family ever phoned in or complained about the treatment of you Leanne I mean your <laughs> nan we speak to or she, speak about her probably, at times I'm obviously thinking about the Harry Kane situation yeah. so his mum has come out and you can understand it in some ways but is that um, saying he's getting far too much criticism there's a lot of serious chat about it about mental health and he has uh, we're going to hear from Brendan Rogers speaking about it a moment or two but I'm sort of jocular but also there is a serious point to it there is and I think that's what people forget is that these footballers are human beings yeah. they do have families who are offended who suffer while the players suffer as well I don't think any parent would like to sit and see their, their child criticised or um, humiliated in front of a nation and I think with Harry Maguire it's probably going on too long now I think Gareth Southgate alluded to um, post-match after the England game I think the English media have got an awful lot to answer about it I think they've hyped this up they've added to it I don't think that um, most recent transfer window has helped Harry Maguire with the speculation around his move to West Ham and then it not happening it doesn't seem like he's happy at his club he's not getting uh, game time and I think that's the toughest thing as a footballer you can take criticism and you can brush it off if you get to prove that you're better than what that criticism speculates towards and I don't think he's getting that and it was banter from the Scotland fans yeah. um, on Tuesday night for me it probably went on a bit too long yeah. I could get it for the first five minutes or it was, so it was a kind of volley wasn't it volley? it was, it was kind of, you know yeah. every successful pass yeah. that he made and of course he goes on and scores the own goal which is fine and that's the banter between the old enemy and, and what you'll yeah. get at any football ground but sure. it's the stuff around that that is just so intense for him John, you could talk all night about it and I'm sure you've had stick at times, you've had loads of praise as well. Does it go with the territory or have they gone too far? Well, listen, they, they certainly singled him out and he had some, um, you know, he had some serious abuse, didn't he? You know, every time he touched the ball, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah. And it's 50 odd thousand. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Um, sometimes... I got stick and all I could do was take it on the chin and, and try and put the ball in the back of the net. That's, Did it make you try even harder? Well, no, not really. No, no. You just you just <laughs> got to try and deal with it. You know, I remember, I remember. You know, it it it's not nice. I think I think players would rather be cheered and 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 obviously a bit more respect. But sometimes you you know one of these I played with Neil Lennon. Neil would have got horrendous stick every single ground he played at. He had thick skin. Nearly just got on with it and, and and put the performances in, and that that's what that's what you've got to do. You've almost got to try and respond and show the crowd that it's not affecting you, but deep down it it, it will affect the boy as well. Do you know? I'm going to come to it again in a moment or two. We'll hear from Brendan Rogers beforehand. Both, what do you think? Leila Bada, big blow for Celtic, or have they got cover with the likes of Lewis Palmer coming in? 
Well, you don't want to lose a, a really good player. I thought he was really good at uh, Ibrox against Rangers, getting up and down that right-hand side, um, caused problems. You had one or two opportunities, of course, to to score. Um, they tell me that Palmer can can play out there. Yang is a chance for not Yang, sorry, um, yeah, yeah, Yang, yep. and and James Forrest mm-hmm. as well. He might look to bring James back in, yep. but it's almost like you get Alistair Johnson back. And then you get Hitati yeah. back, and then you lose another one. So the one thing I'd say, the 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 plus point to it is, Brendan has made several signings in that sort of midfield area, wide right, wide left area. So he's got plenty of cover, but it is a big blow to lose a player of a badass quality. No, I would agree. I think John's spot on, and I think he was coming on a, a probably an even better game this season than we seen last season. He was inconsistent he was in and out of the team under Ange Postecoglou although he had started really well and he's a young player and that's what you would expect I think consistency is always the hardest thing to achieve when you're a young player but he looked confident and I think under a new manager it was probably going to be a new lease of life for him frustrating um, but an opportunity as well to learn I think when you, you're, you're kind of put in the sidelines but that's the thing about Celtic they've got strength and depth for their, their squad just now and I think they'll cope Let's hear from Brendan Rogers speaking about it. Then come to you, John. Yeah, he's gone to London today for a uh, for a scan, but we think it's it's going to be around about three to four months. He picked up uh, at the end of training in a shooting exercise. So, uh, so yeah, it's a real shame for us because he's um, he's done well over pre-season and, and as you can see, he started in a lot of the games since I've been here. So, uh, so yeah, so we're really disappointed, but it's. Uh, it's a squad game for us, so we will have other players to come in. John, what did he say? He in shooting succession yeah. f- with Celtic. I know with it, Israel. Well, that's that's extra frustrating that's because right. the managers, yep. when they when they lose their their big players, yeah. they're delighted to let them go. It's it's a privilege for Celtic to have so many, you know, players out around the world playing for their countries. But what's really frustrating is he's done it away on international duty, and I know managers speaking to them in the past. You know, their their fingers are crossed, watching the games, they're waiting, they're they're speaking to the physios, who's phoned in, who's sick, who's who's got an injury. But it's an unfortunate one when you're expecting your players to come back fit, hungry. And it's unfortunate, but it's happened uh, while he was away playing with Israel. Hatati is back though, and that's good news for Celtic. We'll hear more from the manager. We'll hear him speaking about Harry Maguire, one of the big stories today. It's not specifically a Scottish story, although some of the Scots fans being criticised. But having been there as well, Leanne, you knew, yeah, there was a bit of banter there. I think we'll hear from the manager. He's saying about it started off with the Man United fans. They gave him a hard time, and so did the England fans for Ab- Harry Maguire. Absolutely. And he, he's Manchester United manager has not exactly helped him either. He's been stripped yep. of a captaincy, he's been binned, he, he virtually plays anybody at centre-half that he can possibly fit in there ahead yeah. of him. Um, he's been backed by the national team but and that is football at times, it, it probably is part and parcel and I don't think you can overly upset or animated or disappointed when it's an opposition group of fans because that is the reality of football. You know, and, and there's been a lot of outcry as well about the booing of the national anthem and whatnot. Mm. If you want to take offence at certain things, as a footballer on the pitch, <laughs> it's going to be a long career for you because a lot of things you just need to go on with. And England were winning the game at the point, you know. Mm. So for the Scotland fans, it was a bit of tongue in cheek because they're losing the game, they're having a pop at Harry Maguire because there was nothing really else to celebrate or to, yeah. have, to get animated in the yeah. stadium about. So um, I understand that when that's on top of everything else that's going on, it probably has been quite hard on Harry Maguire. It's, t- it's tough on him, but he's 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 been fortunate as well that he's had a lot of support. 
you know, Gareth Southgate came out and, and waxed lyrical yeah. over him and said it was unfair. Uh, one or two other people, his, his, his mum has, has come on sure. and, and said, because obviously she loves her son, and, you know, I'm not too sure whether I, I would appreciate my mum phoning in or writing that something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of other people don't get that amount of support. You, you, you just get on with it. It just becomes the norm in football, whether it's right or wrong. If you're a big player and you hurt the opposition, then they're going to find the best way to try and put you off and, and shout, you know, ridiculous types of things. Things that are not nice to hear, sure. but, you know, that that's just one of these things that in, in the modern day game, you try going to Millwall, you try going to West Ham, yeah when they're right at it. <laughs> Some of the words I couldn't even yeah. mention well, on been the radio. For years. Bobby Moore, you know, the late great England captain, he won the World Cup. When he came to Hamden, he would get pelters. Yeah. And in a way, it was a compliment to him. Final word on it for just now, this is uh, Brendan Rogers speaking about the criticism of Harry Maguire. I, I know Harry well, having worked with him, and I find it a real shame. He's a good guy. He's obviously a top-class player. The, the, the focus and, and the noise and that that's been around him, sadly, probably has been created more by his own club supporters. And that's spilled out into to other supporters. You know, I was at the game the other night. This is a guy, if you remember, in I think it was the last World Cup. He was in the team of the World Cup. So he's not that bad a player. And I know having working with him, you know, if you if you needed someone by your side when it's tough, you'd want him beside you. He's a great man. He's uh, he's very honest to the game. I know why Garth picks him. He's he's been fantastic for, for England. Real soldier and a real leader and amongst the, the young players that's coming through there. I find it a real shame that you know, a player who is a, a very good player and who at the time when he went into Manchester United probably was needing leading himself, being a new player, but he found himself very quickly to be the Manchester United captain. But I can't speak highly enough of him. You know, he's, uh, he's a fantastic man. I see the, the noise and that goes around him, which is a real shame. It's just sad that where it was created from. He's tough, he's mentally strong and, uh, and he'll prove throughout the rest of his career that he's... He's a very, very good player. And like I say, you don't go from being in a team of the World Cup and being a and so being recognised as a top international player to people making fun of you. And that's something that of course you have to deal with as a as a player and sometimes a manager as well. But you, you'll get through it. More from Brendan Rogers about Celtic later, but that one's a, one of the biggest stories on Sky at the moment as well. Uh, what about Elliot Anderson, what would you do with him, Leanne? He's the Newcastle young guy. He's played for Scotland at under level. He's played at England. He was in the squad last week and then he pulled out. We didn't know exactly why. We wondered if he was having second or third thoughts. Looks like it. It seems that way. Um, I know they had said that it was an injury last week when he had, he had pulled out. But I think it's a shame because, again, he's a, he's a young player. No doubt there's a lot of pressure on him in both camps. I think you need to understand at times what is the emotional affiliation or connection you know who would he who would he rather represent would it be Scotland would it be England because yeah. regardless I think whether you've got dual um, citizenship or nationality whatever it may be you probably do have a preference so I can only assume that that's partly to do with it he's got a big decision to make because I think to go and represent England you've got the potential of going and win major tournaments I think for Scotland you've now got the opportunity to represent and be at major tournaments so I think around the world of footballers just now and young players in particular there's probably a lot of weight from agents and other yeah. external factors that want to contribute and put yeah. their tuppence worth in when sure. it comes to transfer fees I'm sure he would be And I think Leanne I think it should be basically down to the boy it yep. should be down to the boy to decide and there's so many different rules now in there you can be almost born in a country and your grandmother 
can be from a different country. Yeah. And then you've got the option to play for either one. You look look at the the stick Aidan McGeady got yeah. because he chose the Republic of Ireland. Look at look at the amount yep. of abuse that Declan Rice had had. had. He was in Martin O'Neill's squad. That's right. For sat Ireland. on the bench yep. and all his fans were singing, get him on, get him on, because yep. wanted to try and make him sort of get his cap. And then he chose England. But in terms of Anderson, it should be down to the lad. Yep. You choose. You've got Scotland, you've got England. It's down to you. Don't let anybody influence you. You decide where you think you're going to get in the side mm -hmm. and win more caps. And obviously, if he thinks he's good enough to play for England with with the luxury of players they've got on a consistent basis, Go I, I just think it should be... Like, I, I chose to play for Wales because I was Welsh. I yeah. spoke the language. I was born there. Wonderful I didn't Welsh really, accent. I didn't really have yeah. many other options. Yeah. But... I just think it's, it's, it's that particular person's prerogative. Mm, of course. What about Harvey Barnes? This could be good news for Scotland. What do you think? There'll be interesting chat in the Newcastle dressing room. Yeah, he's a big yeah. name as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder though why he's not been interested in playing for Scotland up until now. Uh, We've yeah. got 15 points out of 15 in a qualifying group. <laughs> sure. But that's the way the international mm -hmm. landscape has also changed now. Mm -hmm. That there's people in positions in international environments who are outsourcing players who basically qualify to play for the national team yeah. because if you can strengthen the squad and they've got grandparents or whatever it may be and they've got that line that <laughs> they're looking to get them involved and Harvey Barnes a top footballer he's one player that I'm sure Steve Clark would be interested in although he batted the questions away right, yeah. um, pre-game um, before the England match and you expect him to do that but I think he would be more than interested if he made himself available for Scotland What's a player? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. and he, he, and Stevie Clark. It was interesting because he said, "I'm only interested in the players that I, that I have available to me." Yeah. You know, my my squad has done ever so well. Everything is about praising this this group of players yeah. that have won five out of five. You've got a difficult game in Spain. They they will qualify. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, Scotland is just it's just a case of when they eventually get the necessary points. But I like the way. Listen, Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes could have already been in the bag. Clark and but they could have had a conversation. Nobody knows that. But what he did do, like Leanne said, he batted it away. He yeah. says, My concentration is on tonight's game. We'll talk about that another time. But Go. international yeah. scouts speaking to him tomorrow. Uh, for sure. <laughs> the Gorio Football Show with uh, Global Eco Energy, John Hartson, Leanne Crichton, Paul Cooney, Leanne. We heard on the news about the tribunal which was halted today as Scotland women and the SFA reached an agreement on equal pay. There's not too many details just now, but you know a bit about the background. Um, is this good news? Is this progress? Uh, the deal has to be better than the one that was rejected, I would imagine, last year. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I know, I, th I think I read in the, the statement that was released earlier on that I think under the agreement, they basically won't speak about what the, the agreement yeah. looks like. So I think it's only left for us to speculate. They talk about parity. Yeah. yeah, and I know how difficult it's been for the players. I know how difficult it is as a player in that environment because mm. it's not the first time that the, the players have had to go through things like this, albeit getting to a point where it was going to court is a, a, a level above but it's constantly banging down doors and we've been doing that. For me, probably 2017 was when it really kind of kicked off and you're asking for more. The World Cup 2019, very similar. Off the back of that, the contract expired, it wasn't renewed and it's been ongoing since. So it's probably been about four years that this has been going on for the players and in particularly a player like Rachel Corsi who's yeah. captained the group yeah. throughout that time. It's a really stressful time. I don't think people understand that um, somebody like Rachel for example doesn't just get to put an armband on and walk the team out onto the pitch there's so much more goes with that role yeah. and responsibility to the group 
So I think today when I seen the news, it was more relief than anything else because what you want is for both the men's and women's national team to be able to focus on the football, to represent the country and give the best account of themselves. And I think with all that going on behind the scenes, the unrest and clearly, you know, a bit of tension between both boardroom level and the players. It's an uncomfortable working environment. I don't think you ever get the best out of people when that's the type of environment created. So it seems a good thing. I don't think it will be this current group that benefit from it. I think it's going really? to be future yeah. generations because they've already gone through it. Um, what it means is that there'll be equality moving forward from the organisation and that's hugely important. And is that things like the nutrition and the way you're looked after by the physios and all that, the sort of the, the backing that you need to perform at your optimum? That's it. Yeah, and I think for, for me there was um, question marks over some of that during the time. I know that, that continued as well. And a lot of stuff around the commercial elements of the game as well, which I think Ian Maxwell was, was quoted in the statement speaking about things like that. The women's game has changed dramatically, not only in the last 10 years, but more significantly in the last five years. And I think... The players understand the potential that they have and what that should look like. And I think it's only right that that is echoed and on a level with their, ma their male counterpart. So it looks as if that's what's been achieved. I don't think the players would have signed it and agreed to it if they weren't happy. And the reality for me is that's the most important thing, that they're happy and, and enable to perform at the best that they possibly can. Yeah, Ian Maxwell said in the statement, the SFA chief executive, we must now look forward with a shared goal, return to major tournaments, working together to bring success on the field that will in turn encourage broadcasters and rights holders to do more to bridge the value gap that remains. And that's on the day when we find out there at Devisi that they have a new TV deal which dwarfs the Scottish deal, the SPFL deal um, with Sky and other rights holders. And it's 30 million versus 116 million a year. It's just, it, it's we do need improvements in Scotland. It's easy to say these things, it's difficult to do, but if we keep, keep doing the same things, Leanne, nothing's really going to change. No, and I think at some point you're probably going to need to think outside the box. You know, and even if to a point that looks like we're going to cut our noses off despite our faces, I think if you don't at times even take a couple of steps backwards to then move forward, you will never move forward. And I think where Scotland is in Scottish football is just now, we're doing the same thing over and over and over. And the one thing that cries out to me is that we continue to undersell the product and the brand that we have in Scotland. People go on like they're not interested. We've got a men's national team that are about to qualify for a major tournament, potentially one of the first teams to qualify throughout the entire tournament because that's how good they are. We've got the old firm in terms of the men's game, a huge selling point. For that, all the way down, I think it's anybody's to call for the European spots. It's so competitive. I don't think you can ever call it at the start of a season who will be relegated. And again, this season is the exact same. There's not too many leagues across the across Europe anyway, I don't think, that are as, as unpredictable as the Scottish League. So for me, I think we need to do more to promote it and generate more money. We're going to have to go for a break. 0808 17 17 700. You can speak to Leanne Crichton and John Hartson. And why are some people talking about Graham Potter today? The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go. It's the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. This time tomorrow night, somebody will come on the programme and could win £250 to spend at Aleo. Alea, just down by the Clyde. Leanne, smiling there. Is it one of your regular haunts? Maybe we'll all head down for the sports bar. You can go there, watch your favourite sports. Football, in our case, at, from six in the evening till six in the morning, Leanne. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I've been in there once for yeah. dinner, actually. Oh, yeah. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Very nice, yeah. Nice views as well of yeah. the river. It's beautiful. Yeah. You're right absolutely right. Clyde, yeah. The Alea. Lovely. 
the sports bar. Keep just me go. out of the casinos, Paul. I don't, oh, don't, don't exactly, go to them George, you're absolutely moment, right. For sure. But uh, the sports bar, you thoroughly enjoy. Go to thisisgo.co.uk. Headlines tonight. Uh, Brendan Rogers says Leila Bada could be out for up to five months. But Rio Hatati back in the squad for this weekend. It's been quiet over at Rangers, obviously, since the game. Well, nearly two weeks ago. It was always going to be a long break. It's tough, John. You know what it's like. You've gone into old firm games, derby games, and lost them. Huge time coming up for Michael Beale. No doubt about it. 10, 11 months into his tenure. Um, we never like to speculate. The name of Graham Potter's been mentioned in different media outlets today. And someone has said that Graham Potter said, I'm not interested in coming to Scotland. Mm. Um, tough for Michael Beale. On the other hand, is this his time to put out the team that he knows and thinks is going to win for him and give Celtic a real run for the money and also lift the League Cup. Yeah, well, that's the plan. They're their favourites now to lift the League Cup after Celtic going out to Kilmarnock. Yeah. So there's automatic pressure now for Rangers to go on, although there's still some very good teams left in the competition. Um, his, his plan now would be to go to St. Johnson at the weekend and win well. Then they've got Real Betis in the Europa League mm -hmm. um, next Thursday night. So two wins, Paul, and you'd be amazed by the difference, the change. You know, people won't be saying he's the best manager in the world. No, but no. it takes it takes massive pressure off. He has to win at the weekend, first and foremost, which you'd expect him to. I think St. Johnson are a lot of people's favourites to go down. Um, you know, but and I just think that the real bet this game is a massive game, massive fixture for the club. There'll be a full house back at Ibrox, um, probably a game that Rangers would be expected to win um, and I just think there's always pressure and he's coming under it because the last game you know they, they lost to Celtic um, other games lost lost their first game away at yeah. Kilmarnock so he's he's brought in 10 players and I think it's a little bit crazy the football world that people are talking about him losing his job even after four games there's 34 games to go you know, then why why give him the money then? Why 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 not appoint another manager and give the the new manager the money before he you know uh, uh, in sure. the summer? Mm. Because he didn't do a lot last season, did he? Didn't win a trophy last season. No, nope. I know, but he kept saying it was it wasn't his squad and he hadn't recruited and he needed mm. a strong transfer window. I think they've given him that now, John, and, and things don't really look any different than they they probably looked last season. And you could argue a Rangers a better side now than they were last season. What do you think? I don't think it's no. clear to say that they are. And why has he not been playing more of his new recruits, including, for, for example, Danilo? Well, that's 5.8 million. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Um, and we've, we've discussed that. And possibly yeah. the international break could change that. Mm -hmm. You know, potentially these players might come in and they might now be an opportunity to hit the ground running, might be an opportunity to have regrouped and, and really, you know, get them integrated within the club and faced adversity in terms of the old firm result and the backlash that's come from that and it's not just the manager that questions are, are being thrown at it's the players and the mm. players that have come to Scotland as well the, the big reason why I think they they, 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 they could sack him uh, although I, I don't think I think it's extremely yeah. premature and the, it's not going to happen it, at the moment is, is yeah. because they want to give a new manager the opportunity to try and get something out of the, out of the season even this early um, but, but still for me um I I I personally think they'll stick with him certainly for the next. They've got I think it's three games at home uh, after the real bet. It's three league yep. games at home. How those fixtures worked out, I'll never know. But they've got they've got three games, possibly winnable games at Ibrox. So he has got an opportunity 
um, to, to close some points back on Celtic. It's the domestic ones that will define his season, I would think, Leanne, isn't it? Real Betis, they might win, they might not, but it's going to be judged in the League Cup, the Viaplay, and also the SPFL. I think so, but I also think Rangers fans over last season, okay, the Champions League performances weren't good enough. I think prior to that, the Europa League run was very good, and I think Rangers fans grew accustomed to those types of performances. Um, I don't think Michael Beale can afford to lose heavily in the European matches, if I'm being honest. I get what you're saying, the domestic results will define their season, ultimately. Um, if he can go and produce Michael Beale and win the League Cup, certainly early on in the season, it's a statement. I think that would potentially recover the situation before Christmas. But if there's a slip-up domestically in terms of a league fixture and they don't convincingly win the League Cup, I think there's going to be huge question marks over his future. I think, I think who I've got, who I would possibly be questioning is who made the decision to sack Van Bronckhurst yeah. who makes a decision to bring a manager in like like Michael Beale who's done nothing in the game absolutely nothing in the game what's well, the directors he, isn't it it's well the he's an assistant manager to yeah. Steven Gerrard yeah. assistant managers you could almost label John Kennedy um, done a magnificent job in terms of being an assistant being very close allied to the manager um, and for me it's people above that have to take responsibility. They're not necessarily the manager. It's the it's the people that appoint appoint Michael Beale. I don't think they are there now, are they? Um, been quite changed, a yeah. sure. and, there has been there's a new chief exec yeah. there's a new chairman which yeah. might be even more reason why his, his days are numbered mm. in reality that it's not the people that brought him to the club it's not the people that seen the work that he carried out under Stephen Gerrard he's been treated as a like in a new appointment he's been given enough time because he's not new in the job it's not his first season he's been there before and I said that last week and he also had three seasons at Rangers as a football club under Stephen Gerrard he gets it he understands what would the you, pressure would is would you sack him okay. Paul? no not at the moment but let it go. I, I'm not well, he's going to have to um, mm. make it work with the players he's bought and then they'll look at it if they lose in the Viaplay Cup that would be a huge moment for him and for the directors. But no, he has to now, he's talked about let the hand break off. That's what he has to do now and let them go and play and see how that team can and, develop. And, and they're you... now hoping that if they yeah. do, if they do relieve uh, Michael Beale of his duties, they're hoping they can appoint a manager to hit the ground running with players that are not his players again. So all of a sudden you're starting from, mm. you're starting from zero because... If if it was Graham Potter, he doesn't know hardly any of these players. Yeah. He'll, he'll he'll do his due diligence just be, diligence before he yep. he takes the job. But you're back to you're back to square one because then he's working with players that he hasn't brought in. Here's Gary, a Celtic fan on the line. Good evening, Gary. Evening, Paul. Evening, Leanne. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Yeah. Gary, what are you thinking? Harvey Barnes for Scotland. Yeah, well, obviously, I was just marking down. Obviously, it's a it's a tri- possible trio of options uh, at Newcastle for Scotland obviously um, Elliot Anderson's made himself clear that, that he didn't right. enjoy his time with the squad um, I, obviously nothing's official he's not yeah. came out and said that he, he won't play for Scotland but mm. I think in terms of the fact that he said that he doesn't enjoy yeah. his time with the squad I say right fair enough he's going to want to play for England that's him out the sure. door um, Harvey Barnes I would like to kind of see his make a move for Harvey Barnes but Again, I'm not too sure because when you look at it, he's he's kind of said that he wants to get more playing time internationally. So does that mean 
he's not going to get a game for England. Is he not good enough for England? So if he's not good enough for England, is he good enough for us? I mentioned Newcastle because obviously we know you're a Newcastle fan. You're a Celtic fan as yeah. well. What about Ben Doak? Do you now realise why Liverpool um, moved so quickly early last year to sign him? Because a lot of Celtic fans thought, why is he going to Liverpool? But he's being fast-tracked and he'll probably be in the squad uh, next month, the full squad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was he was a talent, and and it's unfortunate. I, I was speaking to one of my mates that, mm-hmm. about the academy and and how frustrating it's been because obviously Rocco Battle was yeah. was due a move there in the summer. Then Bailey, he's I think he's now playing at Blackpool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's players like that. What's the point of an academy mm-hmm. if you're not going to bring these players through and give them give them game time? You know, Ben Summers as well was another one that's went back mm-hmm. into the academy, back into the B team. So are we ever going to see these these players? Um, come through at Celtic that's that's the question yeah the thing is Gary sometimes they just skip the net um, because yeah. cle- clearly if if Brendan or Ange felt that in particular Ange last season if Doak was going to become the prospect he's still pretty much a prospect he hasn't played many games in the first has he made his first team debut yes he has from yeah, Liverpool yeah, yeah. Yeah. so if, if he came if, out for Saturday the other week if, if Ange <laughs> would have saw that maybe mm. Because there's not a lot that and so if anything yeah. at his time he was magnificent, um, then he would he would have given him a run. He, he would have, yeah. he would have recognised the boy's dog's talent, and thought, well, last one for the future, Dembele. He was one that everybody, every club in the country wanted Dembele. Mm-hmm. He's now a, yeah. So sometimes, for whatever reason, these players just skip, just slip the net. You know, and you let them go because you think you don't feel that they've got a future with you, um, and they're not quite good enough to get into your first team. Yep. To get into Celtic's first team, by the way, you've got to be a good player. Of course. You know, so every now and again, without blaming anybody, any yep. particular managers or academy managers, sometimes they just let go. Leanne? Somebody like Karimoko Dembele, he was in and around the first team a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I think he certainly had more opportunities to, to grow and develop. I think the reality for him was he was a really young player who hit the heights quite quickly. And everybody across Europe was speaking about him, not just clubs in, in the UK. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um, and I don't think he then went on to achieve the, the levels that had been set for him. And, and at times as a young player that can happen, you get... Early developers that look brilliant at mm-hmm. the age of 14, you get late developers that take probably until they're 17, 18 to, to really look like they could be the real deal. Ben Doak, I think, was one of those early developers as well and I think a lot of clubs had, had caught on to him as well and I don't even know if Ange Postacoglu John would have had much time to look at him before Liverpool yeah. came calling. And the reality is now, which we've seen with a lot of young Scottish players, is that when the big teams down south come calling, they don't really hang about even at teams like... Celtic or Rangers mm. whatever it might be with the, the potential so the reality is that Ben Doak for me he's always come across in the past year as somebody that really backs himself I think he's got a, a real bit of confidence about his own ability and you can see that in the way that he performs so he probably fancied himself to go to Liverpool and make it and to kick on and so far it looks as if it's paid off and as we said earlier on it looks like we're going to see him in the national team very soon Gary next week of course it's going to be Champions League Feyenoord over there John Hartson's going to be there how are you feeling about it? Um, I know there was, there was quotes today from Feyenoord's camp that yeah. you know Celtic won't get much of the ball. Yeah. Um, I think, listen, I think it'll be a tough game. I know that there was a lot of optimism with the Celtic fans when the draw was made that that we can get out of the group. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, that was after the the St. Johnson and Kilmarnock um, dropped points and out the cup kind of thing. So, I think it'll be a tough tough ask to, to especially to go over there. And I think if we get anything, if we get a draw, I'd be absolutely delighted. So. 
I'm not really expecting too much. It's more your home games you're going to be looking at to try and, to try and do something kind of thing. And what's your team for this Saturday, given that, you know, your last game was the win over Rangers, Hatati's back in. Have you got an idea what the shape is going to be? Well, this is this is where the headache comes in because when you look at it, you know, obviously it was a bit of a makeshift defence at Ibrooks last mm-hmm. time round. You know, uh, Phillips just wasn't ready yeah. in time. Scales came in, worried a lot of fans, but he ended up putting in a man in the match performance. I don't think you can drop him okay. on Saturday. I know Nat Phillips will, will want to come in and Brendan will probably want to get him in, but I think he'll go largely with that defence of Scales, Lager, Bayoka, Ed. Uh, Taylor and Johnston and then I think Hitati will come back into midfield and then it's just wondering obviously who's going to replace Abada because yeah. Yang can play out in the right O can play in the right and I do think it'll be Maida out in the left so um, I think that will pretty much be it but it's it's whether what is Celtic's best team going forward because we've still got Tilio, um I'm trying to think yeah. He's back in training way. yeah you still to see him yeah, there's quite a few players, aren't there, who may well be available soon. Yang gets mentioned quite a few times. John, do you like the look of him? I do like Yang. I think he's shown uh, he's showed glimpses, hasn't yeah. he, in mm-hmm. games. Um, very comfortable in possession. Mm-hmm. But let's hope he gets the opportunity. You know, Abada's out now. He's got the. Sh- oh, hopefully, he might get his opportunity, and he can and he can play very well and, and take that. I I actually think just answering from Gary from his yeah. what he thinks will play at the back. I think Phillips will come back in. I think he'd play alongside Lager Bielka. Although I was really impressed with Liam Scales against Rangers in that game. Um, I just think he's paying a lot of money for Phillips. You know, he's down at Liverpool. He's on loan. Get him into the team. If he's fit, he'd have had a couple of weeks training. He may well go Lager Bielka and Scales. Again, he might just go with the same back four. Uh, Johnson's back, of course, who's who's quality on the right side. But um, I just think Phillips might just come in. They've got options. They have, yeah, they have got options and uh, Gary makes a, a good point in terms of Liam Scales and his performance in the old firm. Certainly question marks would have were raised, you know, prior to the game and um even the fact that you've remained at Celtic, I think throughout the window we, we almost expected them to move or at least move on loan again. Um and he hasn't. And you can only play in and the jersey for when I look at it, it's your jersey to lose. And I think it would be harsh in Liam Scales, but the reality is as John mentioned, there's sometimes football and the powers it be in terms of the money that's been spent and you're bringing somebody to the club like Phillips, I would expect, if not domestically, um, to start this weekend, certainly for him to be integrated and, and brought into the team for the European game. Gary, what's your scoreline? Celtic against Dundee? Uh, well, I think I think it will probably click into place now that we've, we've got the Rangers game out of the way, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's a, the last of the slip-ups for a while at least. Um, I think it will probably be 3-0 Celtic on Saturday. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. 10% off your solar install in September. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, the Go Radio Football Show, Global Eco Energy. We've got the Titans here. Leanne Crichton, 72 caps for Scotland. John Hartson, 51 for Wales. I make that 123 caps between the two of you. They're here. Good call there from Gary, talking about Newcastle because he loves them, but more about Scotland. And Harvey Barnes, will he play? Elliot Anderson seems to be that he came. He saw and he didn't really fancy it and he's gone. But a young player, we wish him all the... Do we? Yes. Can we? (laughs) Yes, we can. Um, This weekend, St. Johnson Rangers kicks it off at 12.30. Then at three, Celtic against Dundee. Hearts against Aberdeen. Kilmarnock against Hibs. New manager, Nick 
Montgomery is in town, Motherwell against St Mirren and Ross County against Livingston. And tomorrow night, the championship kicks off and Leanne, you're going to be there, Air United. Air United, yeah, against yeah. Partick Thistle. No, I miss it. I miss the championship when it's not on in the, the Friday nights. It always sets the, the weekend of football up well, so looking forward to that. We miss you on a Friday night. You know, we get back, Barry heads home, so do I, so does Mark. The good thing Different is, though, when I travel yeah. to these games on a Friday night, I just listen to you guys on oh, the way there. Love it. <laughs> a lot of people do, of course. More and more people. I know Neil McCann tunes in. Don't think he'll mind us saying that. And uh, the other evening, a lot of people at Hamden were talking about the Go Radio football show. So thanks for making the switch. Millions have... Uh, Watched that clip of Barry the other week with uh, Derek the caller. But look, controversy, honest opinion. We never shy away from that, John Dewey. It's no, always... of course. I think I so, stuck up for Barry that yeah. night. Oh, There's you did? Of course yeah, you did. Yeah, I like, yeah. like a bit of backup sometimes myself. <laughs> so, Ange Postacoglu, Pep Guardiola and Xavi. What do they have in common? They're up against each other for the FIFA Best Coach Award for last season. Not for his six weeks at Tottenham, but for what he did with Celtic winning the treble last year and up against Xavi, one of the greatest players, wasn't he? And Pep Guardiola, arguably one of the all-time great managers. So where's not your bad. vote going on that one? It's not yeah, bad, is yeah, it? If you had it's, one. It's know, hard not sure. to get away from Pep as well, the fact that he's he nailed the Champions League um, with the side that, yeah. that they've got. Sure. Um, I do enjoy watching them. Although that possession-based stuff gets boring after a while, doesn't exactly. it? Yeah. I'm just glad they brought Haaland in. He adds that bit of excitement to yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I switched on last night and it was uh, Celtic against Hearts. The game, did you see it? The women's game last night? I saw the last 20 minutes or so. I did, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was Hearts were two up and then Celtic 3-2. My goodness, in the torrential rain, there were so many tackles yeah. going in. Nobody held back, did yeah. they? No, it was yeah. good. I watched it. I actually watched highlights in terms mm-hmm. like, right. and going yeah. through the game because we had their own game last night against oh. Rangers. But um, the games have been so good this season and the scoring last night as well. I mean, Hearts will be hugely disappointed the fact that they had the lead. But a big result for Celtic as well. Um, How did you get on against Rangers uh, last we night? We lost 4-1 last night. Um, disappointing scoreline, but the players actually gave a really good account of themselves. And it's always fine margins in these games because the, the difference in the quality is the difference in, in the yeah. games more often than not. Leanne, can I ask you about um, Glasgow City? Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, Glasgow City, have they, have, they do so well, don't they? Yeah. You think you've got Celtic, Rangers... Yeah. Yeah. Hearts, Aberdeen, yeah, yeah, sure. Hibs, all these big clubs. Like, like I, I mean, in the men's game, yeah. I'm not being yeah, yeah. ignorant, no, but sure. I think Glasgow City win the title last year. Phenomenal. No, it's outstanding. It? In in regards to a business model, mm. they're phenomenal because the size of the club, in terms of being a fan base, there's not an awful lot there. Um, mm. They've built it from scratch. The co-founders, in, in terms of Laura Montgomery and Caroline Stewart, have built the, the club up, um, took it to where they've taken it to, but really managed the money in terms of the club and not getting too ahead of themselves too quickly, mm. looking to try and grow it as much as they possibly can. And when we speak about the commercial side of the game and the growth yeah. of the women's game, they really have capitalised on it. And it's surprised an awful lot of people that they've managed to keep up with Old Firm, especially yeah. in recent years when there's been so much investment. But I think that just goes down to the identity that the club has as well and, and the types of people that they recruit and the people behind the scenes as well and the types of players that they look to bring to the club. So And we were talking about the it, Scotland national team. When you when you get it all right behind the scenes yeah. and you know, you're turning up and uh, everything is there for you 
and that's what Scotland haven't haven't mm-hmm. haven't had in sure. the past. Hopefully now they'll get it. It'll change. Yeah. But Glasgow City just get everything right, no. spot on. It's a great point. It's yeah. a bit like in the early days of football, which mm. I would imagine when Queens Park dominated. You know, we yeah. talked about the first international. No, I, know. I know. Scotland against England 150 years ago. It was all Queens Park players. I think. Yeah. I think that's right. And then of course Rangers founded then 17, 1872, Celtic 1888, and suddenly Queens Park didn't have the body of support that Rangers had and Celtic. So. It's, and with Glasgow City, they don't have that huge support behind the traditional clubs. It's it's amazing no, how they've they done don't, it. they don't, and a lot yeah. of it is the fact that they've developed in recent years their recruitment as well, mm-hmm. which has been very smart. You know, they've now got people in positions that they're looking at, at different networks right. and, yep. and looking at different nations that they can grow in. And some of the players that they've brought to the club have, have been fantastic. And the reality is for Scotland, the same in the men's game, it will always be a stepping stone. Mm for players to come showcase their talent and look to move to England or, or Spain or wherever it might sure. be Germany so or Saudi it, you'll all, well there is yeah <laughs> Sorry, I know yeah. I've seen that yeah, yeah one player that actually that I used to play with down at Notts County she was a young player um, at the time I seen yesterday she'd yeah. moved to Saudi Arabia Plumtree and she was at the the World Cup as well representing Mm. Nigeria so we might see a shift in the women's game in in terms of the landscape Mm. as well What's the money for her? Do we know? I don't know I I was listening yesterday I heard about it they didn't say it's fascinating and we hope that the women's game on the day when they've reached an agreement um, with the Scotland women's team for parity now they're not discussing exactly what that means but surely a good thing for women's football because women um, trailblazed for Scotland when we couldn't get a look in five years ago at international tournaments remember yeah no exactly yeah and I'm looking World at the screen Cup. just now yeah. and the, the national team manager's on there so no it's it's a big deal and the, we've, we've been grafting for a long long time not just yeah. in the last five years and um, I listened to a, a sports journalist speak last night as well and remind um, people that women's football was banned so when you look to try and continually compare it to the men's game I think you need to remember that for 50 odd years there was a ban on it it was only reinstated in the 70s so it's a constant catch up game and that will never level out for decades now you know so when I say that this current group won't be the group to benefit from it it won't because it's continued to get better but it's still not at the level that we can get to and that we can strive to get to just listen to what you're saying it was banned until the 70s in this democracy madness should we Crazy. go back to this weekend yeah, here from Brendan Rogers, who was at Hamden the other evening enjoying uh, the game? Of course, Scotland didn't win, but it was quite a spectacle. It was a who's who of football. Uh, Brendan Rogers speaking today about his own Celtic. He spoke about Harry Maguire earlier. He spoke about Leo Labada out for up to five months. What's the international injury situation? I think it's more the injuries they had beforehand, apart from Abada. No, not from international. I just think some of the the, the guys that. Obviously been out for a little longer term. Obviously Rio Atati will be back, which is great news for us. He's he's trained and just with some of these guys now, it's just about when to put them in because some of them haven't played for for a period of time. It's just finding the the right game and the right moments and the right amount of game time so that they're not overloaded. So, uh, but great to have him back. Like we say, Marco Tellio has been back now training, but has missed all of pre-season. So we're just waiting for the right moments of game for him. So. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers is doing very well, hopefully on, on schedule to be back beginning of October. Mike Naraki is, is obviously a little bit longer. Kobayashi back now training and as well. So, uh, so yes, yeah, just starting to get players back now, which is good. John, what's the message you think from the manager this weekend? They'll have 60,000 fans there, still buoyant after winning at Ibrox. Um, is it go out and, and go for it? Well, they'll... they'll, they'll play into the game and um, you know it's like St Johnson you'd think 
the quality, the budget, everything that comes with Celtic and no disrespect to St. Johnson, by the way. Callum Davidson did brilliant yeah. there. And uh, I wish them well, but um, you look at it and it, it's a game that Celtic should be looking to win. Um, if they go and play, they've got a couple of injury problems, but uh, against uh, Dundee at home, it's a game that the, the, he, can, he can maybe bring in a few players, new players, and give them some minutes in their legs. And, um, and and look to go and put in a really good performance after the Rangers game where yeah. it was it, Rangers game was, was full of grit it was full of energy it was full of desire he asked an awful lot out of his players to go there with a makeshift sort of central pairing it's good news that the, <laughs> the, the injuries are, are you know, obviously he's lost a barter but one or two are not far away Karavik yeah. early October Hitati mm-hmm. back in Hitati might might play, I think, if he's fit. Um, Probably should. You look at McGregor or Riley. I don't think he'll start, though, John, do you? I don't just know. Just coming back from injury. We'll, we'll phase him back in. Yeah, the European yeah, he, game looming. Of course, he might play home. He might, he might put Turnbull back in. But listen, if he's fit to be on the bench, sometimes he's fit to play. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. We spoke we spoke the same about yeah. scales or whether Lager Bielka or whether it be Phillips. Brendan, he's got the luxury of, of, of bringing players back in. But it's really good news. It's really good news sort of on the injury front and players looking to come back and play a huge role this season because you're going to need every player. Leanne, looking forward to see someone like Lewis Palmer in the coming weeks. Three and a half million they paid for him. Yeah, and heard an awful lot about him. Um, looking forward to seeing him and see what he can contribute, especially as we're speaking about losing the Labada for four to five months. It is a big hit, but if you can bring in somebody that can replace that and get up to speed quite quickly, which I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be hoping... Because, uh, you know, of course, the old firm result was a really positive one for Celtic. I still don't think per- performance levels have, have been anywhere near the levels that they, they can get to, certainly with the squad and the group of players that they've got. So I'm sure that will be the, the aim, is to integrate those players, get the injured ones back in, as John mentioned, Hatati, Carter Vickers not too far away, um, with an October return. And then you start to look at the Celtic squad and it's really, really strong. That's the first hour has come and gone. Will you stay for after the break? The news is next. You can call John and Leanne 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Personal face-to-face advice on renewable energy products. Let's go! As we head to the weekend, this time tomorrow night, it'll be Peter Grant and Craig Moore who will be with us getting ready for the weekend. Leanne Crichton is with us and John Hartson. Lots of calls coming in and lots of messages as well on the socials at Go Football Show. Brendan Rodgers has been speaking to the media today. This time tomorrow, it'll be Michael Beale, no doubt. Rangers kick off the weekend with St. Johnson against Rangers. And it's a massive game, Leanne, isn't it? Especially for Michael Beale and for Rangers. They cannot afford to slip up. Or, on the other hand, they might just, you know, at the same time, suddenly start to play well and score some goals. Yeah, and I think it's always huge, especially when you're that early kickoff and you have that opportunity to either gain an advantage or you fall further behind knowing that teams have still got to play and can go and pick up maximum points. So, huge game, especially coming out the back of the international break. I'm sure it's been a long, hard wait for the Rangers players and staff group during this time. I think when you face a, a disappointing result like the old firm game, you want to get back on the pitch. You, you look to get out the system as quickly as you possibly can. They've not been able to do that. Um, and whether St Johnston will face the wrath of that, I don't know. Perhaps if it was at Ibrooks, I think a lot of the Rangers fans would be more confident that they would get the result. I think based on St Johnston's performance at Celtic Park, they were very good. 
they're certainly getting stronger as the season goes on. Um, they had a tough League Cup campaign. They had a tough couple of opening weekends of the season. They've now got a full squad. At one point, Steve McLean, I think, was operating with 11 players at the beginning of pre-season. He's now got his full cohort available. He's got an injury list that was eight and nine players on it. Those players are back and available. And the fact that it's at McDermott Park, I think, will make it a tougher game for Rangers. But look, that's the reality of being associated and part of an old firm club. There's pressure there, there's demands, there's expectations and the demand and the expectation will be that Rangers pick up three points. John, it goes with the territory. Do you expect Rangers to go to Perth and to pick up the points? I do, yeah. I do expect them to go there and win if they've got anything about them. Michael Beale needs to drum it into these players that they've come to a a club that is expected to, to win games like this, expected not only to win games like that, to push Celtic for the title, to win trophies. And maybe some some of them are just relaxing, sitting back, thinking I've got my big move at Rangers. No, it doesn't work like that. You've come to Rangers to perform. There's no respite. You've got to win every single game, okay? Physically, you are going to lose or draw some games. But he's got to get it into his players, in particular those new signings, that you're at a global club that are expected to win. The fans will be there in their numbers. And you've got to perform. My job's on the line, but not only my job is on the line, some of you alleged job uh, performances are on the line as well. Because sometimes, yeah, we can blame the manager because of his signings. It's not quite clicked. Everything else, we can talk about the way they're playing. He's not found his best team. Chopping and changing. Well, well he normally talks about consistency, but he chops and changes. I don't think he's played the same team twice this season, back-to-back. So he needs to remind his players... And, and his staff that they've got to go to St. Johnson and win. There's no other option. They've got to win that game. Sefuentes is a name we heard so often over the spring, the summer. They paid a bit more to get him early, Leanne, but we haven't seen enough of him, especially in the big games. No, definitely not. Um, I actually thought the first couple of times that I seen him in that central midfield role, um, I thought he looked, you know, the real deal. Looked good, um, had a bit about him, just in terms of his physical capacity, the way he was getting about the pitch. I think he says performances have gone on. I've been less convinced by him. Uh, he was then switched in terms of his role. Um, where he then kind of played out to the right. I don't think that suited him. And that seems to be a common theme with Michael Beale just now and that he's moving players around and looking to try and squeeze players into positions. It doesn't look as if he's necessarily got the right players for the right areas. So Fuentes has been one of them. Um, but as I said, the international break can be a good thing for players that are not involved internationally or that they've you know new to a club and it just gives you that little bit extra time to settle down look back in some performances analyse your own performances get up to speed with the Scottish game and what the expectation level is um, and things might start to turn for him um, but certainly the jury's still out I would think you say on a well, human level yeah, tough thing, time well, from... what, what I'm saying is right yep. everybody's judging Michael Beale I don't know why I'm shaking up for this man by the way but everybody's judging Michael Beale right you look at the league table, St. Johnson played four, haven't won a game, mm-hmm. drawn two, lost two. Aberdeen second bottom, they won't be there at the end of the season. They'll climb. Hibs, they won't be there. Hearts certainly won't be there in the in the bottom six after four games. So it's still very, very early in the season. Of he hasn't got his strongest team out yet. Only he can give you the reasons why. He's had injuries. He's had one or two problems with picking his best team. When he gets his best team out, then I'm sure... I'm sure you'll start to see a better Rangers team. That could almost be the words about uh, Brendan Rodgers as well. Celtic not had the season 
early season that was expected. It all changed, of course, by beating Rangers uh, nearly two weeks ago. Brendan Rodgers, I think he went up north for a few days. I wonder what Michael Beale did because all the noise around him, and you'd have to get away somewhere, get some peace and quiet. Uh, Brendan Rodgers had said earlier in the week he'd gone up north and then he was asked when he came back and he was on the media duty today, he's been reflecting about the ups and downs of the early weeks back at Celtic. There's certain games, I think, that are learning and, and, and games that offer you big moments as a squad. And you think for a lot of these players, they uh, they haven't worked with me before, so they've they, they've not you know don't know me so well as such. Even though we, we've you know been together a few months now, but um, but sometimes it takes that big moment. You know, I remember being here the first time and losing to Red Imps, and, and the first game was a was a, a learning game. Then we were able to go on and had a fantastic season. I said before that I thought St Johnson was the, a game that crystallised some of the issues that uh, we needed to have, and I just needed to give even more clarity on how we're going to work and be clear on, on lots of things. And hopefully we can now go forward. And then we've seen that in the, the game against Rangers. The, the, the guys were so brave. Any player, Ibrox is a tough place to go and play, but as a Celtic player, the hostility, everything that surrounds the game. But I thought our game plan was, was great on the day in terms of keeping the, the crowd quiet, especially early on. So we played our football in, in the first half that allowed us to dominate the ball and, and have good chances in the game. And then second half, like in any, you play against any team, especially away from home, you have to show resilience. And the players were absolutely superb in that aspect. So overall, a real galvanising performance and result for us. And... Uh, and of course, it, it makes the supporters happy, which is what it's about. It was a big turning point for him, wasn't it? If he needed mm-hmm. one, John, to get that win with no fans there at Ibrox, because he's also been speaking about the game with St. Johnson, where it just didn't happen for Celtic. Yeah, no, it's it's up to us to find the the solutions to that. Like I say, in the, in the St. Johnson game, which we could have scored four or five goals, but didn't. The keeper had a great day, and we just did put away our chances. So. Um, so listen, I expect Tony's team to be well organised. I've, I've seen their, their games and they've been unfortunate as well in some of those. But uh, not to have got you know better results. But um, but no, it'll be a, a tough game for us. And but that's that's what you expect. You have to uh, focus really on yourselves, do your work, and uh, and work well. And hopefully we can get the three points. John, well. All he can do is work on the training ground with his players, put them into a system, remind them of their duties, remind them of how important the game is, remind them of their talent, how good they are. And then ultimately, Paul, it's down to the players. It's down to the players to go and implement that way that Brendan wants. And not only what Brendan wants, but going to whatever. I knew what I had to do. I had to win my headers, be a focal point, take us up the pitch and get in the box and either either head across the goal, set somebody up or try and head it for goal myself. I think the players know their roles, know their duties. Go and fulfil your roles. Go and play to the best of your ability. That's why you're at Celtic Football Club. You're playing in the Champions League next week. Go and show that you're good enough. The St. Johnson performance wasn't good enough yeah. from, from, from individuals. They just didn't... And then you get the opposite effect from that then against Rangers. Everybody is ready. Everybody is willing to work that little bit harder, to go and fulfil their roles. Abada running in behind. Maeda stretching teams. Kyogo taking his chance. Defenders heading the ball when it comes in the box. 
Sometimes Paul, you simplify it. And Brendan is a tremendous coach, but ultimately the players, the players are the ones who go and play. So Brendan can set them up in the system, but ultimately it's the players that have to go and deliver for the manager. Leanne, his captain is back in form. If he was, well, he wasn't off form, but he hadn't been the way he was last season, for example. What do you think of Callum McGregor at the moment? I would actually say he was off form, Paul, if I'm okay. being honest, yeah. watching um, the games that I'd seen of him. Um, a lot of that was probably down to the opposition and the way that they had looked to try and nullify his ability to, to build the game and receive it from the back line. And, and we know that looks a bit different now under Brendan Rodgers with the way the fullbacks are a bit deeper, things are a bit slower in, in how the ball moves. So it's probably easier to lock on with that press and, and nullify the midfield build-up play, which was so, so good last season. Um the old firm game, I thought Callum McGregor was back to, to looking at his best. And again, that probably goes down to the fact that Rangers in, in their game plan did not revolve or, or didn't look to revolve around stopping Callum McGregor because he has the ability to dictate games at every level that he plays, not just domestically. We've seen that in Europe last season, some fantastic performances. We see it with the national team as well. Uh, he's an outstanding footballer and I'm sure his confidence will be high as well. Coming off the back of the, the Cyprus performance, the great place at Scotland are in just now, but also even Tuesday night, going and being able to test yourself against a side like England, going up against a brilliant midfield, right back into domestic duties, back in with the team that you, that you love and that you enjoy and that you captain. Um, I'm sure he'll be ready to go for the weekend. And how much he must have taken from his performance against Rangers? Oh yeah, well he, he's one of these players that just goes and hunts the ball, and the best players don't give the ball away. It's quite a simple, you know. They they don't give the ball away. They play the, they play the um, the obvious pass. They play the simple pass, but they make it look really, really simple. Um, and for me, there's nobody better that manipulates the ball. Um, brave, selling. If selling would have gone a goal down at Ibrox, you know, it, the atmosphere would change. Callum McGregor be the first person to go and want the ball. When we say brave on the ball, you want brave. Players, not just brave in rattling into tackles and this and that, but brave in terms of getting it in 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 difficult areas, starting the playoff, this type of stuff. And he's the one that will go and take it off the back four, and he will drive. He'll drive into the heart of the opposition sort of box into the defensive third, and and majority of the time, Paul he picks a right pass, and, and and that's why he's worth his weight in gold. And as Leanne just alluded to there. He's taken like he's taken the captain Sean like a duck to water, hasn't he? He he's, he looks as if yeah. he's been the captain all his life, and you know he's different to Scott Brown, but you know Scott led by example, a bit more vociferous in the dressing room. Callum, I see now he, when they get in a huddle, Callum's the one telling the players what to do. You know he, he's he's correcting players and around the pitch, pointing the finger. And that's, um, that's obviously come with confidence of leading the side. This time next week as well, as it's getting darker earlier, although it's beautiful this evening then. This time last night it was getting dark. Um, I digress, I'm thinking about Europe next week. We'll hear from mm. Brendan Rodgers in a moment or two. We've got uh, Rangers against Real Betis on the Thursday. And what about Celtic Feyenoord uh, this time? Well, Tuesday next yeah. week. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, isn't it? We, we love the European games at... We're talking about the domestic games being back, but you don't need to wait too long between a, a domestic fixture at the weekend in the midweek, whether it's Champions League, Europa League or Europa Conference League as well as we've got other Scottish teams involved in as well. So um, the build-up, the hype will be there. Um, it allows us then to digress and dissect and look at the performances and what can we do better and 
will Celtic be able to get out of the group? I think is going to be the big question, John. I don't actually know what your thoughts are on it. What do you think with the, the group that well, Celtic I think have it's, got? It's a tough group. I, I think, um, you know, you look at Feyenoord, Letico Madrid and Lazio. Um, personally, without putting any sort of pressure or negativity on it, mm. I think if Celtic were to even finish third, um, drop into the Europa League, uh, football beyond Christmas mm. if you like I think it, it would be um, progress in terms of you know Ange couldn't quite get us to third last season but we played really well in certain games it was only in front of goal where um, we, we couldn't we failed, we failed to take our chances and ultimately it cost us but it's a group that is is full of other champions um, you know so the quality will be there and Celtic might just miss they haven't quite got the quality of that. You look at the money and the budgets that the other clubs have had. But I do think that the home form is going to be crucial at Celtic Park. They need to um, make it a fortress again, don't Absolutely. They? Yeah. And under the lights, um, Celtic are very good. You saw the way they, they played the first game against Real Madrid last year. I know Real Madrid came on strong in the yeah. end. and But Callum McGregor hits a post. Abada gets, or Maeda, but he gets his feet muddled up yeah. in the mm-hmm. six-yard box. If they that, took the lead in that game, it might have been different. So but, you're looking for your key players. You're looking for your McGregor's, your Kyogos, your Carter Vickers, maybe back for you know for the two or three yeah, later, later games. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But they're going to need a little bit of luck. Yeah. They're going to have to play well. But this is the Holy Grail. This is you can't get bigger than the Champions League. So yes, I think third would okay. be progress. Liam, what do you think? I think similar to John. I think third would would be a success. I think I think it'll be really tough. Um, I think both for Rangers and Celtic, it's going to be tough. It always is. We've seen that, you know, in the PSV game. A reminder of that. Um, when when you look at the fact that PSV were a team that were in the playoff to get to the Champions League, um, and then the calibre of teams that are already there, um, established teams, top size champions, as John mentioned littered with quality, huge budgets in terms of players and the recruitment and the ability of them. Um, I think for Celtic third would be good. But as John alluded to again, the home form is absolutely key and if they can turn Celtic Park into a fortress as Rangers, can they do that with Ibrox? Um, you always give yourself a fighting chance because yeah. then the bits and pieces that you can potentially pick up away from home will be there anyway. But if you don't pick up points at home, you've got a mountain to climb. That's right. And... and- winning away from home is very difficult we couldn't mm-hmm. do it too often under Martin O'Neill and the team we had you'd fancy us to go and get one or two we didn't what Gen- is so we genuinely struggled John for somebody who hasn't played at any level what is so tough because you had a fantastic Celtic team mm. you did have moments uh, well we overseas. did well we yeah. for cup final we went to of Stuttgart course, yeah. Liverpool we went to good places and, and won but and sometimes um, the refs didn't help you as well. Remember Juventus, wave after wave of attack. We're quite used to that anyway, Paul. Yeah, but, oh, so, but what what is it about being abroad that makes it but that you know much what? more it's difficult? Ve- it's very difficult to put your finger on it. I don't know if it's mentally, um, but we tried everything. We tried stay going the night before. We tried we tried going two nights before to prepare mm-hmm. longer in the yeah. country. We tried coming straight back after the games. We tried staying for another night. And then coming back, obviously, to play on the on the yeah. Saturday, um, but I don't know. It's it's just that that the home crowd at Celtic Park is people talk, and Ibrox is very much the same. People talk about that twelfth man. It's not a myth. They do push you on, and you go in front, and the stadium is rocking. Yeah. I don't know. If, 
top players now don't concern themselves too much with big, big atmospheres. You saw the way Liverpool, I saw the England played the other night against yeah. Scotland. Mm-hmm. They weren't concerned about the atmosphere. Because think it affected all, they, Scotland they, a little bit, maybe? Well, they're all playing in, in, in top top yeah. leagues around yeah. the world and playing in Europe. So it doesn't really affect too many players. But certainly, I don't know, you could ask any other Celtic player from that era and it'd be difficult to put your finger on it why why we, we just weren't successful away from home. Here's Brendan Rodgers speaking about the Champions League challenge. Yeah, well, looking forward to it. It's obviously an elite competition with the best teams in Europe. So um, so that's it's a great challenge, both from a player perspective and a, and a coaching perspective. So it's always exciting. Our aim is to make sure we're as competitive as we possibly can be. This game's all about levels and, and we're going up. A few notches in terms of levels, you're going, you know, you're competing against the best teams in Europe. So that's that's a challenge in itself. You know, things are that bit quicker, that bit faster. Players technically very strong, mentally strong, and like I say, it's uh, it's it's a real real test for you. But that's what we want. You know, that's why the players have worked so hard last season to win the league. They know then they can qualify straight into this competition, and it's it's the best competition to be in. So um, so no doubt challenges along the way and and difficulties, but. Uh, but we, we do everything we can to overcome them. Leanne, it's quite a leap, isn't it? You're up against Dundee at the weekend, not having a go at Dundee, but they were playing Friday night's championship just a few months ago. Celtic going to face the Dutch champions next Tuesday. Yeah, no, it is. It's a, a huge jump. Um, and that's why the environment that you create within your club is so, so important as well, that you can replicate that game intensity, um, different styles, there's that competitive edge throughout the week that you don't just wait until a game day to try and get that out of it. Um, completely different playing at Celtic Park, as you say, in front of your, your own home crowd um, against Dundee, a newly promoted side, than it is going to play in the Champions League. So um, that's the demand, that's the expectation. It's how you manage all of that, as John's mentioned there, travel, you know, food, sleep, how you prepare, how you get the team organised for the weekend, what you do within that week to analyse and prepare and, and try and replicate those different types of scenarios. That's why these guys get paid the big money, though, isn't it? That's why they're at that level, Paul. You had to do it in Europe, and you did well in Europe with Glasgow City, but how much tougher was it for you being away from home? Yeah, no, it was tough. And also the environment changes as well at times in the stadium. Um, Even for us, we probably didn't get the luxury of being there too early either a lot of the times. You're maybe flying in, you get one training session on the pitch, which was normally match day minus one. So... If the pitch is different or it feels different, a lot of can even going to places like Kazakhstan, um, playing in Russia, the grass felt different. It's not cut the same way they, they treat it here. The weather conditions can vary. Um, so a lot of that, like you get time to adapt when you're at home and you know what to expect. If you come away from home, it can be very different. Um, what was the hardest conditions? You remember? Probably Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no, the pitch wasn't great. A lot of rain had fallen. Um, was the grass was that kind of mossy, just it was thick. thick. The ball didn't move well for us in the style that, that we play in terms of shifting the ball and being a possession based style. It just didn't suit us. Um, and it was a 3 0 defeat, you know. So you come home and your back's against the wall for that return leg. So it can be really tricky. Quick break and then we're back. Looking to reduce your energy bills? Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps, we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation. Available until 30th September 2023. 
The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Personal face-to-face advice on renewable energy products. Let's go! Lots of comments coming in ahead of this weekend. I want to ask Leanne and John how they think the teams will go. It's not a mid-season report, but we've had that first section of games. Then we had the internationals and a great win for Scotland. And it was a great win, Leanne against Cyprus to score three goals. I mean, it could have been one of those nights where we came so close. We now see Spain scoring for fun in the last two games. Norway doing it the other night against Georgia. So, I mean, that phrase, home and host, were just about there. But that was a big win last Friday. No, it was huge. Um, Absolutely massive. I think especially when you've only got that one game um, or that one competitive game in that international window, it, it amplifies it. Because if you don't get the result, you don't get an opportunity to, to kind of make it better or pick up more points and then you need to wait another month until the squad are back together so a really convincing performance for me two different sides to it as well I thought first half Scotland dominated the ball moved it really well probably as brave as I've seen them in terms of playing centrally the different types of combinations breaking the line stepping into the game interchange middle to front I thought was fantastic you're seeing Scott McTominay just a completely different animal um, middle to front the goals that he's scoring is incredible and then the second half just had so much control and confidence um, and just they looked so assured. Uh, then you make the changes, five changes, you utilise the squad in terms of 16 players, which is the maximum you can use. It keeps the group happy as well. Um, so it ticked an awful lot of boxes and it tees up that game over in Seville next month really nicely. It's going to be tough there and we can't get derailed by if we do lose over there because that would be no shame, Leanne, would it? The way that Spain are playing. And I know we did so well against them when we beat them the last time. No, that's it. And I think there's matches before it as well yeah. so we could possibly qualify sure. depending on those results as well. So um, Scotland will give it and treat it with the respect yeah. that it deserves, no doubt. Spain look to be motoring, looking really strong, scoring goals for fun, which is the difference in the confidence in a side just changes when you know you carry that goal threat. But Scotland don't have a game plan, as they always have throughout this group phase. And they're agile, they're adaptable. And Steve Clark, John, I think, mentioned it, will probably know what your starting 11 looks like, he'll know what the team looks like, his, his scouts, his analysts will be across it, they'll know what to expect, they'll have been across the latest Spanish performances and what they're looking like, and Scotland will be ready. Oh, definitely they'll be ready. They've, they've had a great... And I, and I just think... I don't really, but... <laughs> It's like even the England result and maybe parts of the performance. The performance w- was good in parts. Um, I thought they got right back in it in the in the in the second half, um, and then almost within a couple of minutes, um, Harry Kane makes it three one. Um, I think Steve Clark will be will be happy in in some respect. But what what he didn't want was for the shine of the win against. Um, Cyprus, uh, Cyprus yeah. um, to be taken off by yeah. take the shine yeah. off it just by losing to England. What a, what a, uh, England going to many tournaments favours to win it. Are they know? going to win? Do you think the Euros? Are they going to win a major tournament? Do you think in the next? Well, they, they've come close, years. haven't they? They, yeah. they lost to Italy in, yeah. the, in, in the in the Euros and they got to a semi final in the world uh, yeah. in, in in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So they, they're coming closer. Gareth Southgate is. You know, he's got such an array of quality players to choose from. Phil Foden is is, is just on a different level, isn't he? You know, Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world, playing up top for you. You can hit it into him, you'll get hold of it. He can can hit 60, 70 yard balls like he did for the goal Mm -hmm. for Kyle Walker against the Ukraine. And then he peels away and it's a great finish with his left foot uh, the other night against Scotland. So 
they they um they were expected probably to win the game. I think I think I think Steve Clark was slightly being disappointed by Scotland maybe yep. not putting up a, a better fight, but you are up against a quality opposition. But what what's important is that doesn't affect the players sure. going into Spain because they must they must remember that they're five wins out of five and they're going exceptionally well. Uh, doing this um, European Championships qualifiers. This is what Stevie Clark said afterwards. The most important thing in this camp was to get three points in Cyprus. We achieved that. Playing against England is going to be difficult. Playing against Spain away is going to be difficult. Playing against France away is going to be difficult. But if you want to learn as a team, you have to play against good opposition. So we have to go away, learn the lessons from tonight and try to be better in the future. And funnily enough, just hours before the game, Nat Phillips, now a Celtic player on loan from Liverpool, spoke about the man who's in the headlines today, Ben Doak, could be on the verge of a call-up to the full international for this game with Spain. Nat Phillips spoke about the player that he knows well from his time at Liverpool. From what I've seen from Doki so far, um, I think plenty of people have got every reason to be excited about him. He's very confident. You know, some, sometimes young boys come up with the first team and they might play within themselves a bit. And that's not been the case with him. He's electric when he's running at players. He's happy to run at anyone. I think, you know, if he continues to progress the way he's doing, then um, he'll do well. Yeah, yeah. no, everything that I had kind of mentioned earlier on in terms of that confidence, which you need as a young player. I know you might get time and opportunities and those opportunities might come and come slowly. But when you've got the ability that Ben Doak has got to back that up with the confidence to go and then express yourself in that type of environment, it can't be easy. You know, and he, he, his future's almost been fast-tracked in the sense that he's gone from a Celtic academy um, in youth teams straight into a Liverpool, Liverpool first-team environment. That's crazy. Did he come crazy. on for Mo Salah? He did, didn't he? Yeah, I think so, ago. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. incredible. No, it's frightening, I mean, you know. So for him to just control his emotions and be able to, as I say, express himself and manage that environment and the hype and the hysteria because he'll be hearing it. And young yeah. players now are on social media, they've got friends, they've got family that'll yeah. be saying, this is what so-and-so said about you. Did you yeah. see the comments that he made or she made? Or they think you're going to be this. They're speaking about you being in the national team. Have you heard for Steve Clark? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, so for him, it's 17 years old. Incredible. You know, if you think, he's and probably just learning well, to yeah. drive. It's, yeah. it's like, the thing is as well, right? He's Scottish. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Brilliant. Another quality player to come into that Scotland team that in the last six or seven years have built and built and built. And they're just a team now full of quality. Almost every position now you have Premier League players, yeah. top end championship players playing abroad. Um and it's brilliant. It's brilliant for the nation, it's brilliant for Scotland, the football team. Um so now they can be confident of qualifying for major tournaments going forward. And they're having a great time of it. I always mm. said a few years back, didn't I? I always you said, did. it's like a, a generation. You get a good mm. generation yeah. and then for some reason you're not producing players. But at this moment in time, Scotland are producing player after player after player. And and Stevie Clark is reaping the benefits from it. You know, They will qualify, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely but sure they'll qualify. Let's keep the momentum going. Stevie Clark. In the group, in the competitive group that we're in, five, five wins, 15 points. That's what, that's what we have. I told the lads, the camp's been a success. It would be nice to have a positive result against England to make it even better. But the objective of what we came in to do has, has been done. Obviously, we didn't want to lose to our old enemy, 
But on the night, England were better. So sometimes you have to take your medicine in football. And tonight we'll take our medicine and we'll try and improve. I like that honesty. They were yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. But even in his pre-game uh, interview with Steve Clark and he spoke about trying different things and it might look slightly different and there's things that he's looking to try and get from the, the performance in the game. And that's absolutely true because there would have been no point in playing England and hosting them at the National Stadium on Tuesday night if you were going to park the bus and play a 5-4-1 yeah. and never come out and play, never press them and never get after them, John, and you'll know it because at some point in football, Scotland in the position that they're in just now probably needed a rain check and an idea of how close they can get to better teams. And that's what England are. As you yeah. mentioned, they're tournament favourites at, at points. You know, they've yeah. gone quarter-finals, semi-finals, beaten a final and a penalty shootout. So they're a top, top opposition. Why would you treat that friendly or challenge match with you know the same way you would treat Spain at home and and have that different type of game plan? He changed the shape in terms of the press. It was more a three four three. They looked to get after England. England are so good that they play out of that press. But Steve Clark and his players will have come away from that going right. Okay, so we managed to do that. We get close to them. Certain elements were no were no good enough yet. We've not quite mastered that yet and how we can go and play. So maybe the shape in terms of that mid block suits us better. Then you play against France. It'll hope it'll be another type of challenge a top opposition different types but you know how often does Scotland come up against teams that have got that same speed and intensity in how they attack yeah. because England are frighteningly good and they've when probably they learned more Leanne they've probably learned more by the defeat yeah of you course know, because he's got stuff to work on as he said he reiterated there it's 15 points from 5 games that was the main objective and he just talks sense, doesn't yep. he, Steve Clark? He doesn't go around the boxes and make yep. excuses mm. up and say this, that and the other. He just talks sense. He, he admitted that England were just that little bit better mm. in certain areas. But maybe systems, he can have a look at the system. He might go to a four, he might play a three. You know, he's got players, he's got one or two coming into the squad, all right? You lose Anderson, but yes. listen, mm. he, he didn't make too many qualms about it. He's a good young player, but... It's up to him. It's Anderson's prerogative, mm -hmm. isn't it? So course, he's yeah. got Dork coming in now as well, yeah. but um, quality players, and um, they'll just they'll just um, they'll just benefit yeah. from that, won't they? Interesting take finally at this point from Gareth Southgate. So he speaks about Scotland as well as England. Look, we played exceptionally well, and um, I, th I think we uh, we were able to nullify a lot of the threats that Scotland pose. Um, so yeah, tonight was a was a really good performance from us. Um, I think S Scottish fans should be really proud of how their team are going and the job Steve's doing. You know, I'm sure there'll be a huge reaction to tonight's result, but we've just had that for three days. I'm sure Steve's sensible enough to, you know, keep calm about that. He, he, um, we, we played well tonight. We've won the game, but. On another night, that can look very different. Yeah. Since then, Kyle Walker has signed a new three-year deal, a new yeah, three, yeah, at Man City. Yeah. Yep. What is he? Thirty-three years old, and he was brilliant the other night, wasn't he? Very good. Yeah. yeah. Both fullbacks as well, and, and Trippier, and good experience. When you look at the mm. the squad, good experience, but also also they've got that youthfulness in the side as well. When we speak about Jude Bellingham's and Phil Foden's in there, um, he's got a top side, top side mm. to choose from. Uh, and as he says, football changes quickly. You know, he faced the, the backlash of the Ukraine result. Yep. You know, you're hounded for three days. England's problem has been consistency, though, John, and you'll have yeah. seen that throughout the, you know, even the 90-minute performances have been few and far between. Yeah, they, they were. a brilliant 45 they on were, Tuesday yep. night, they probably were, a lot quieter. 
great against Ukraine and then they turn it on against yeah. Scotland and anyway, I thought both yeah. managers summed it up re- relatively well I think yeah. Gareth Southgate recognised that England were very very good and Steve Clark just went well they were just slightly better than us on the night yeah, but we move on we work on things and hopefully put it right and the good thing with football mm. is you've always generally got a chance to put it right in the next game if you're fortunate and you get an opportunity, you can always turn things around. You can always improve, get better. And you, generally, you will always have an opportunity to do that. Why am I thinking that could be the word for Michael Beale? You can turn it around. They're still in the League Cup. That to go for. Don't slip up domestically. Um, but of course, we'll find out in the coming weeks. How is the Deutsch? Are you getting uh, the German ready for next summer? Or, <laughs> going to need, well, to, pra- going to, need we'll to start practising, Paul. Yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. John said that earlier on as well. Scotland will be there. Um Need to practice. There's a few good apps you can get on now, isn't there? I'm Pick sure. Bits yeah. and pieces. You'll keep me right though. You're I'll, good at all that. I'll do my best. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go. Looking towards the weekend, Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and John Hartson with us here in the studio. Just before we do that, we've got a question from Andy on the socials saying, how do you think Rangers are going to do in the Europa League? So Rangers, as we know, off to Seville next Wednesday for the match on Thursday night. Then they've got Aris Limassol away uh, on the 5th of October, 5.45 early kickoff, and then Sparta Prague away. Leanne, some, well, it's obviously a tough section, but how do you think Rangers are going to do? Based on recent performances, I'm honestly unsure. Um, I've got no idea. They're the top-ranked side in the mm-hmm. group, so yeah. effectively they should be looking to progress. On paper, that's that's what it looks like. That would be the expectation. Um, there's some tricky games in there. Sparta-Prague, really tough bets. We know um, Limassol won't be easy. Uh, but it will come down to Rangers and, and how quickly they turn the, the performances that we've seen and, and questionable performances into solid, consistent 7 out of 10 every single week because I think to get into Europe in those midweek fixtures you need that, you need that level of consistency so um, I'm, I'm probably unsure um, I think, as I say, the reality is they should and they could do well yep. um, and that'll be over to Michael Beal and he's They're a different animal as well at Ibrox, Rangers under the yep. lights you, you know that, you got 2-2 against PSV yep. last week yep. and everybody thought that PSV, alright PSV had a lot more of the play and created chances. Yep. One easy in, in Eindhoven, but under the lights, the Rangers are capable of getting results. It's always, tr- sorry, yeah. Paul, I was just going to say, it's always tricky because some years you can look at a, a group stage and have X amount of points mm. and it's enough to get you out. And then you look at it the following year, you can do really, really mm. well. That's right. And you miss out. So it, right. it almost yeah. depends mm. on how those other sides do yes. in the group as well. Yeah. It doesn't just come down to your own performance. The Europa, it's a, a tournament that they've done well in. I mean, Rangers yeah. have. What they've done for the coefficient has been massive for Scotland. So he wanted to know what you think they will do. The headline today for Celtic was Brendan Rodgers was speaking about Lille Abada as we know he got an injury in training with Israel at shooting practice um, he's out for maybe up to five months yeah yeah. signed a new deal and seemed happy and, and of course I was looking forward to continue his development because he still has obviously lots of areas that he can improve on but um, but yeah it's a shame it's, it's a learning for him and uh, he'll work hard hopefully get back and then we'll We'll use him for the second part of the season. And the manager spoke about his choices for the squad for the Champions League. It was exactly that. Obviously, you're looking at a number of things. Obviously, you have a, you know you have eight associated and home trained players to to be in the squad, which leaves you 17. So you're then having to strategically look at it and 
of the players that's going to come in and the players are going to cover and obviously then you're weighing up injuries as well, how long they're going to be out for and obviously the likes of Mike will be out for a period of time so um, so yeah, so we so, so those are the, the type of things that you're looking at whenever you you're picking the squad Mike being of course Navrocki Navrosky John what about Burnaby he's not in there Liam Skills is he obviously mentions there not him specifically but there's the rules on how many foreign yeah. players you can have has Burnaby got a future do you think um, at Celtic yeah I, I think he's as good as Taylor I really yeah, do yeah. I do well, yeah. Um, yeah but at this moment in time uh, Brendan probably feels there's other areas mm-hmm. Um, that he needs to strengthen in terms of going into the Champions League um, in terms of cover um, What do you see in Burnaby? Because people respect what you, you've played I, I, I think highest. he likes to get forward mm-hmm. I, I think um, his defending sometimes can improve but so can Taylor's mm-hmm. um, I think Taylor's better going forward than what he is defensively um, I think he's improved on his ball into the box uh, as as Taylor in the, in the last couple of seasons yeah. he's, he's been obviously very constant in the team in terms of Celtic's success. And listen, it's only my opinion, but I think Burnaby's got a future. I think he's a decent left back. Um, he likes to tackle. He's a, he, he can be aggressive. Um, so, you know, I, I think the fact that he's got Taylor there with that bit a bit of more experience, um, last couple of seasons played in Europe. So he's gone with Taylor, but I, th- I think Burnaby's... Uh, but we we also know as well that Liam Scales can play a left back, he can yeah. play left centre left centre back, and obviously left back. But I, I do think Burnaby's got a future. I love his humility there because he said it's only my opinion. It's John Hartson's opinion, <laughs> and we listen because uh, you've done Absolutely. so well at the highest level. Quite a few people on saying, "What do you make of the loudmouth Dutch pundit Ad De Moss, who insists Celtic will be a flop in the Champions League? Feyenoord should be beating them twice in the group stage." Um, is that worth commenting on? Or is that just fodder for the Celtic players? Brendan <laughs> Rodgers, no team talk, just shove that up. Uh, well, I just think there's somebody else across the road that talks a lot, isn't there? Um, and what do we say? We always say, "Look, do you talking after the game, after the result?" But Listen, he obviously clearly fancies himself to uh, to beat Celtic. Um, Feyenoord, champions of the Eredivisie, mm. a vociferous crowd, got some really good players, Jimenez, uh, Paxau, um, Stengs, really good players. They've, the last two games, they've won 5-1 and 6-1. Mm. So they're clearly in form as well. So it'll be a difficult game um, over in the Netherlands on Tuesday night. But it's a game... Exactly what the manager said. It's 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 a different experience. It's it's you're up against top top players, uh, players who think quicker, think players who are at that level for a reason, full of internationals, and it's going to be a very very hard game. But if Celtic can take something away from the game in game one, you know yeah. they'll 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 take massive confidence. Whether it's a draw, whether they can go yeah. and get three points, but go and enjoy it. Embrace the Champions League. We're back in it. It's a great thing, isn't it? Champions League football, nothing like it. Celtic will be in the the Cope Stadium. Oh, it'll be excellent. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's the elite. It's where every every side wants to be. Where you want to showcase your talent. If you're a player, if you're a manager, you want to go and test yourself against the best. And I don't think Celtic will be making too many claims about what they will look to achieve or what they expect to achieve. I think Celtic will be pretty humble about the experience and and look to focus on their home matches. Feyenoord a tough game to kick off. 
the group campaign, no doubt about it. John mentioned there the form that they're in just now. They're confident. Um, they've got pundits who are <laughs> coming out and backing them and, yeah. and probably adding a bit more pressure, I would need to say. I don't often think it helps when um, we as the media or you know, people are former players hype things up too much um, because people have got um, good memories and they don't yeah. ever forget of these course. things as, as, we, you know, as we see week in, week out. Ange never forgot what Michael Beale said about the lucky... Man, no, comment, isn't it? It's it, strange, yeah. it's funny. It Something can, that can yeah. be a throwaway yeah. comment sure. um, off the cuff. And as I say, people don't forget, managers sure. don't forget, players don't forget, and, and fans. things can go out of context. Definitely, Sorry. don't no, forget. No, for sure, Leanne. <laughs> um, last night you lost to Rangers, Rangers yeah, 4-1. But Hibs this weekend, so where are you playing? At home? At Cape yeah. Park, yeah. We're at home, four o'clock kickoff. So, no, the, listen, the league form for us is 1-3, lost three um, performances that have been good. Some have been probably a bit more inconsistent than we would have liked. It's just part and parcel of that early part of the season when you're trying to find your feet. But um, six games in now, we've got a, a, a good thing going, I think, when you go up against the top sides like Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City, it's always going to be um, tough. But Hibs are motoring a couple of good results as well but we host them on Sunday and we'll target the three points the Hibs uh, men's team it must be are doing the kilt walk yeah, along fantastic. with uh, David Gray uh, David Marshall and you were saying I was saying oh the women doing it as well and you were saying I hope so <laughs> no you didn't actually say that because it's <laughs> at the same time I'll let them know time. that it's on though and make exactly, sure that some yeah. of them just drop by they're raising it for their foundation yeah, in the community yep. over 300 of the fans are going along what about the men's team then Motherwell it must be buoyant at Fir Park it is no, they're in a fantastic place. Um, I think the weekend it will be difficult, you know, going up against a St. Mirren side who are also doing really, really well. Um, I think Motherwell couple injuries in there as well. Suspension, I'm sure Paul McGinn is, is suspended yep. as well. So Stuart Kettlewell won't be at full strength for that one. But for part, they've they've almost made that a fortress. Their away form has been really good as well. Two managers and, and two systems probably that all kind of nullify each other to a point depending on how Stevie Robinson shapes up but not should be a cracker and I don't think Stuart Kettlewell can be too disappointed with how his players have started the season they've been excellent sure. Scoreline what do you think? I'm going to go a score draw on that one I'm going to go 1-1 one, one. OK I thought you might go 2-1 He lives a scoreline yeah. Paul lives a scoreline I know he does <laughs> What's John Harson's take on this well, one? Well first of all I think there's some great games this weekend yeah. I think games that maybe that you may not yeah. have expected to see the positions of the teams no sure and Motherwell of course the fixtures are the fixtures but yeah. in terms of yeah. you've got second and third playing you've got yeah. a really good game where Hearts have not been great at home yeah. and they play Aberdeen sure. who Aberdeen are sitting second in the table well, you said that in the first hour hard yeah. to believe those two would be going for third position yeah. but at the moment well, certainly the positions yeah. I think will change of over course. the course of the yeah. season but you really have them too. And you talk about we talk about Celtic and Rangers. We give them loads of airtime, don't we, all the time? But in terms of two cracking games mm. coming up at the weekend, and interestingly enough, Paul, they all play on Saturday. Yeah. There's no Sunday game. Great, camp. isn't it? It's yeah. most unusual. So I love a scoreline. So do the listeners. <laughs> uh, Motherwell St. Mirren. What's John Hartson's take on that one? Motherwell, I think Motherwell um, at mm -hmm. home, Fir Park. Um, okay. I think they'll nick that one. And Hearts against Aberdeen then. Hearts have got to bounce back um, and Aberdeen, I think they can capitalise on Aberdeen maybe being second bottom mm -hmm. and Mode wouldn't be great in the camp because yep. league position. Okay. So what's your verdict? So I'm going to go with Hearts. I'm going for Hearts 2-0. Right. Leanne, what do you think? I'm going to go a draw again. It's a weekend for it, Paul. 1-1. One, one. And Ross County, Livingston, is that a draw as well? Uh, no, I'm going to go Ross County on that one. Yeah, I think they've 
shown some really good performances this season. Livy tough. If it'd been at the Tony Macaron, it might be different, but I'm going to go 2 1 Ross County. Yeah, me too. I'll go for the same scoreline as well, Ross County. John, Celtic against Dundee. I think Celtic. I think Celtic will win. I'm going to say um, 3 1. I still think there's Mm -hmm. improvements at the back. Um, keeping yep. them out sure. certainly set pieces although they defended very well uh, at Ibrox sure, sure. but yeah. I'll go 3-1 I think Dundee might score but Celtic will run out clear favourites clear winners Yeah, I think Celtic will have learnt their lesson from that St Johnston performance I think they'll look to be much more clinical and ruthless than they were and I expect 3 or 4-0 probably 4 if they get that early goal which they always chase at Celtic Park if they if they get that within 20 minutes then it's lights out for the opposition and that could be a big statement from Celtic because this time last year they were handing out results like that and away from home yeah. as well right what about St Johnson Rangers which you know most eyes and ears the media will be yeah. watching to see what's going to happen Leanne first what do you think I think Rangers will get the job done I don't think it will be plain sailing I think Rangers that would be a decent more than decent result wouldn't it be for Michael Beale and the Rangers fans they just need three points Rangers that's the focus I think when you're you're fragile and you're in the position they find themselves backs to the wall and and a lot to prove I think the three points is vital John what do you reckon I think think Rangers will go there and win Um, I think they'll uh, put in a performance that is worthy of playing for Rangers I think they'll play for their manager they'll play for themselves ultimately and of course they'll play for the club so um, they need a win the manager needs a win the players need to perform and I think Rangers will go there and do the job and win John where will we hear you next week you'll be back on here but when you go to the game are you doing it for TNT I'm doing it for TNT yeah, yeah the new BT I'm doing all yeah. six games Paul oh, so fantastic. it's great. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward exactly. to doing them yeah going to yep. stadiums I've never been never been as a player so Really excited. Wow. A couple of games at three games at Saturday Park as well. So okay. fly over to yeah. um, Amsterdam actually yeah. on Monday, go a day earlier, and then obviously the game Tuesday back Wednesday. John, enjoy it. I wish it was his agent. It's <laughs> not bad, eh? Not bad. He's definitely getting the coffees yeah. in the next time with that that amount of yeah. games. Leanne, good luck this weekend. And overall, it's not been a bad week for Scotland at all, hasn't it? Because we got those three points against Cyprus. No, it's been brilliant. Yeah, really good. Um, long may it continue. Uh, enjoying it. Love watching the national team, as I always have, but with <laughs> different moments over the years. And these ones are certainly shining bright. Thank you to the top two tonight. Tomorrow night, Craig Moore will be there alongside Peter Grant. So we'll be on here from five. Thanks so much. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. 10% off your solar install in September. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go. Looking to reduce your energy bills? Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps, we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation. Available until 30th September 2023.